Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. All right, let's see what we got here. It's Sunday. It's 2 February. We're already in February. As you said yesterday at the projects, we're a twelfth of the way towards Christmas already. So, <laughs> gee whiz, there you go. So it's uh, 2 February. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I got a couple things to say before we get into our first category. Um, Adrian and Masako, who were here last week, left me a bandana from Arizona. You can see it's kind of got that Arizona motif, so I want to thank them for that. And then we have returning from New Hampshire, Ron and Janine Filibody, and which is really wonderful to have you here. I thank you for it. They drove all the way from Tampa down here today. And uh, you'll be here for one more week. Is that right? All right. Praise the Lord. And we've got a gentleman that's visiting here in Sarasota named Mike. And it's good to have you here, sir. And uh, then we also have, I just was online and I noticed that uh, Gordon Flick, he put a uh, post up on Facebook and all around it are snowflakes, which means he can't get to his own church this morning. So he said he'll be attending with the superior word. So Gordon, it's good to see you there. We love you. And uh, he checks us out usually after church, but now he's checking us out as church. So that's kind of an honor. And let's see here. Uh, our first category, as always, is Israel. And... From the Jerusalem Post, we have the first Israelis are permitted limited visas to visit Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. That's never happened before, and I'll read you the article, and I'll tell you something about it. Interior Minister authorized a select number of Israelis to be the first with permission to visit Saudi Arabia under certain conditions that include Israeli entrepreneurs seeking investments in a sign of warming ties. Israel has peace treaties with two Arab countries, Egypt and Jordan, but concern over Iran's influence in the region have led to thawing ties with some Gulf states as well. And here's why I was going to tell you from Arutz Shiva, Saudi foreign minister Israelis cannot visit the kingdom. Saudi foreign minister makes clear Israeli citizens are not allowed to come to the kingdom despite Israeli decision to permit such trips. So we got this thing going on right now where I know that they will allow them. They just don't want anybody in the world to know. It, it's something they wanted to keep private. But there you go with that. And there's been a uh, little wait back and forth between some uh, news articles on this. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Yes, you can go. And no, you can't go. So my recommendation would be for any Israeli wanting to go to uh, Saudi Arabia at this point to not go because they may be detained for quite a while. But from Haaretz, I got three articles to get us into something else. Uh, defense chief says Israel will apply sovereignty to West Bank. This was put out before the deal of the century was released. And I thought that I'd give you some background of what the idea of the political parties is before we get into the deal of the century. So Defense Minister Naftali Bennett said that Israel would apply sovereignty over the West Bank and the Jordan Valley in response to remarks made by the Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Shatieh in an interview with Haaretz that the Palestinian Authority would act to have the distinction between Area A, 
B, and C in the Palestinian territories annulled. Now, does everybody here know there's three sets of territories which were based on the Oslo Accords, area A, B, and C? And some are allotted to potentially Israelis, some of them are for Palestinians only, and then you've got, you've got different things that they are designated for, and we'll get into that a little bit more. The Oslo Accords divided the West Bank into three parts. Area A, which makes up 18% of the West Bank and includes all large Palestinian cities, is under full control of the Palestinian Authority. Area B, which makes up 20%, is under civilian control of the Palestinian Authority and Israeli security control. And Area C, which makes up 60%, is controlled by Israel and is home to Palestinian communities alongside Israeli settlements. This is really important to know this background so you can see what's coming with uh, the deal of the century that we'll talk about in a second. So there you go. You've got the three areas and we are in the midst of a battle, and they are trying to take our territory. This is Naftali Bennett speaking. We'll capture and settle throughout the land of Israel while fending off the illegal Palestinian construction and apply Israeli sovereignty over the West Bank, Bennett added. Once again, before the deal of the century. Times of Israel launching campaign Netanyahu vows to annex all settlements without exception, meaning where the Israelis are in these areas, we will annex those and they will stay there forever. That's what he has vowed before the deal of the century. Prime Minister Netanyahu vowed to annex not only the Jordan Valley if he wins the upcoming elections, but also all the Israeli settlements in the West Bank. The comments in a speech launching his Likud party's election campaign came hours after Netanyahu's main rival, centrist leader Benny Gantz, promised to apply Israeli sovereignty over the Jordan Valley. Netanyahu said his government would immediately extend Israeli sovereignty over all West Bank settlements without exception. And then from the Times of Israel, what Netanyahu just referred to, Gantz vows to annex Jordan Valley in coordination with the international community. Blue and white chairman Benny Gantz vowed to annex the Jordan Valley in coordination with the international community if he wins the upcoming election. So they're all vying to get votes by saying we're going to do things, which they may or may not ever do. Then what, which is very rare. We know the politicians always do what they say they're going to do, but here. <laughs> in what appeared to be the top centrist lawmaker's latest effort to cater to right-leaning voters, Gantz, during a visit to what he referred to as Israeli's Eastern Protective Wall, said the area making up roughly 20% of the West Bank would remain part of the Jewish state in any future peace agreement, and that previous governments that had been willing to negotiate over the strategic region had been mistaken. But right-wing officials and settler leaders largely scoffed at Gantz's pledge, suggesting that it was nothing more than a bluff. Prime Minister Netanyahu urged the blue and white leader not to wait until after the election, but rather support the measure if it is brought before the Knesset for a vote in the coming weeks. So there you go. From the Times of Israel, just a short article before we get into the deal of the century. Over 560 attacks against Israelis were thwarted in 2019. Shin Bet chief says, the so Shin Bet is the SB, it's the same thing as our CIA, okay? 560 attacks were thwarted. Among the attacks that had been prevented were 10 suicide attacks, four attempted abductions, and over 300 shooting attacks. Why is that important? Haaretz, Trump's peace plan calls for two states settlement freeze. NBC, Trump Mideast peace plan expands Israeli territory, offers path to Palestinian statehood. So Trump's peace plan is expanding the Israeli territory. 
Times of Israel, A Tale of Two Cities, How the U.S. Made Undivided Jerusalem into Twin Capitals. Trump confused many by making seemingly contradictory comments, but the plan makes clear that the Palestinian capital will only be in areas beyond the security barrier. You can go to Zechariah 14.2 where it says that half of the city will uh, go into captivity, and, and it uses the term milchama or war there. But if there is a war at the time, it is going to be the eastern side where the Palestinians are, which are going to be raided. And so that's uh, go read Zechariah 14.2 and you'll understand what that's saying. But for right now, that is the idea is that Jerusalem will be undivided, but the Palestinian capital would be in the eastern side. Okay. Um, from the Jerusalem Post, Palestinians fear some Arabs might accept Trump's plan. This is all leading up to the deal of the century, and then the release of it. So I'm giving you background information still from the Times of Israel. Iran, Turkey slam Trump peace plan as UAE and Saudi Arabia urge negotiations. From the Jerusalem Post, Qatar appreciates efforts on solutions to the Arab-Israeli conflict. The Qatari Ministry of Foreign Affairs added, peace cannot be achieved without safeguarding the rights of Palestinians by establishing a sovereign state on the 1967 borders, which would exclude the peace plan, okay? Qatar is still saying you have to go back to the 1967 borders. We'll see more about that in a second. From Al Arabiya, Saudi Arabia says it backs all efforts towards comprehensive Mideast solution. It doesn't mean that they back the plan. It just means that they are letting everybody know they want to be a part of whatever's coming, and they, as long as it's a comprehensive solution, we'll support it. From the Times of Israel, Abbas on U.S. plan, we say 1,000 times no, no, and no to the deal of the century. Times of Israel, U.S. envoy, Israel does not have to wait to annex settlements. David Friedman, who is our ambassador to Israel, gave Jerusalem the green light to extend Israeli law to the West Bank based on the deal of the century. Times of Israel, can an interim cabinet that can't fund daycare annex the West Bank? Probably not, they say. Okay, so we've got a problem. They got an interim government. Is anybody going to step forward and say we need to do this now? We'll find out because they have the ability to do that right now based on Trump's deal of the century. From the Times of Israel, here it goes. Same as Qatar, United Nations says committed to pre-1967 borders. This is the United Nations, okay? They stress settlements are illegal. So they have choices to make in Israel right now. Can they go with Trump's plan or are they going to stick with the status quo that Qatar and many other countries, including the UN, are talking about. From the Times of Israel, Netanyahu says Trump deal the best Palestinians will ever get. Okay, I don't think that's true personally. I think that they could get a much better deal if they wiped out Israel and took it over, but that's not going to happen. Okay, and they think they're going to get a better deal. They are pushing for it, but what Netanyahu says isn't really true, but it is true that they will get a very good deal. It's just that whatever they get, they will not be happy with. Okay, just so there you go. From Haaretz, Netanyahu supports the Trump plan because he knows it will fail. Okay, this is the left side's uh, argument on it, and it's probably a valid one. Large parts of Jared Kushner's Peace to Prosperity document could have been written by Benjamin Netanyahu, reading like a collection of the prime minister's greatest hits. But that doesn't mean he wants it to succeed. Okay, there's their comments on that. From Zero Hedge, just this morning, Arab League formally rejects the Trump's 
deal of the century. That's the Arab League, and Abbas cuts ties with the United States. Okay, so the Fakistanians have cut ties with them. Oh boy, how terrible is that? But here we go. We'll read a couple things just so you can know what's going on, and I'll give you a couple of my comments. White House. The Palestinians have four years to agree to the president's plan. To reach a deal, they have to agree to recognize Israel. At this point in history, they are not going to do that. They have no desire to do it. That's the first. As a nation, state to the Jewish people. That means they have to recognize Israel and they have to acknowledge that it is a state of the Jewish people. Okay. They have to accept Israeli control over the airspace and electromagnetic spectrum. That means that everything, wherever the Fakistanians are and the Israelis, they control everything in the air all of the electromagnetic spectrum. In other words, they're a sovereign country now, supposedly without being sovereign because Israel will control everything that goes on above them. They will never agree to that. They have to agree to a demilitarized state. That is not going to happen. As you can see, Haaretz was right. The deal of the century is not going to come about. They have to agree to that and accept that there will be no Palestinian immigration to Israel from abroad. That nullifies their right of return, which they've been claiming they have millions of uh, refugees that have a right to go back to the land. They have to agree that none of them are coming back. And as we've seen, the president has taken the traditional stand of refugees in the past year and a half. He has said that only those who actually were taken out of the country qualify as refugees, not their descendants. And this is the only country or group of people in the world that is given this right. Any other set of refugees in the world are the first generation only, whereas the Palestinians have been included for generation after generation. So they have to ignore the right of return and they have to say, we will accept this and they will not do that. Okay, the next one, they have to agree to Israeli sovereignty over the border with Jordan. They're not going to agree to that. And they have to disarm Hamas, which will never happen, and Islamic Jihad in the Gaza Strip, and demilitarize Gaza. They've got four years to do those things, and it, it's not going to happen, okay? It will happen, but it's not going to happen with this deal, okay? Those things are not going to happen. Here's some more things about it. Security. Israel will be in control of security from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. In other words, as I was talking about the electromagnetic spectrum, they will be in control of all security, meaning over any Palestinian state that may come about. The IDF will not have to leave the West Bank, nor change to Israel's approach to Judea and Samaria would be needed. No change needed for those things. They're not going to agree to that. The Palestinian state. The plan does not include immediate recognition of a Palestinian state. Rather, it expects a willingness on Israel's part to create a pathway toward Palestinian statehood based on a specific territory, which is about 70% of Judea and Samaria, including areas A and B and parts of area C. The state will only come into existence in four years if the Palestinians accept the plan. If the Palestinian Authority stops paying terrorists, which they will never do, he has said that is the one thing they will never agree to, is to stop paying the terrorists' salaries and inciting terrorism, which they're not going to do, and if Hamas and Islamic Jihad put down their weapons. So it's asking for a great deal from them, which they are not willing to do. In addition, the American plan calls on the Palestinians to give up corruption, respect human rights, freedom of religion, and a free press 
so that they do not have a failed state. In other words, they have to put all of this into place and it has to be monitored to ensure that it's being complied with before they are recognized. Once again, they're not going to agree to that at all. If those conditions are met, the U.S. will recognize a Palestinian state and implement a massive economic plan to assist it. Refugees, a limited number of Palestinian refugees, meaning the ones that Trump acknowledges are real refugees according to the U.N. standards, those that were uh, left the land back in 1948, which there are fewer every minute because they're dying off just like our veterans, okay, uh, their descendants uh, will be allowed into the Palestinian state. None will enter Israel, okay? They're not going to agree to that. They want all these people to infiltrate Israel to become a, a majority and take over Israel and then get rid of the Jewish state. That's what they want, and that's what they're going to continue to argue for. Um, from the Times of Israel, Trump plan includes apparent contradiction over prayer rights at the Temple Mount. The Trump administration's Israeli-Palestinian peace plan appears to include a contradiction regarding the acutely sensitive question of prayer on the Temple Mount. The relevant section reads, Unlike many previous powers that had ruled Jerusalem and had destroyed the holy sites of other faiths, the state of Israel is to be commended for safeguarding the religious sites of all and maintaining a religious status quo, which is true. They have done that very well, given this commendable record for more than half a century, as well as the extreme sensitivity regarding some of Jerusalem's holy sites. We believe that this practice should remain and that all of Jerusalem's holy sites should be subject to the same governance regimes that exist today. In other words, the holy sites are being monitored by Israel. They've done nothing to harm anybody's, regardless of what the faith is, etc. They say that needs to be maintained. Then they say this, in particular, the status quo at the Temple Mount, Haram al-Sharif, should continue uninterrupted. Anybody? No temple. The status quo will be maintained. This is not the Antichrist's deal of the century. Okay, there's no temple. He has said that it will remain the same. None of you got that. Okay, here we go. Jerusalem's holy sites should remain open and available for peaceful worshipers and tourists of all faith. People of every faith should be permitted to pray on the Temple Mount, Haram al-Sharif, in a manner that is fully respectful to their religion, taking into account the times of each religion's prayers and holidays, as well as other religious factors. There is nothing about a temple. There is nothing that will allow a temple. Status quo, Jordan maintains authority over the Temple Mount because Moshe Dayan handed the keys back to them after they had won it. And he said, here, you take control of it. This is our appeasement to you. Okay. And ever since then, they have controlled it. And that is going to remain unchanged. There will be no temple. Superior word commentary. First, the land of Canaan, as described in Numbers 34, which is not Israel today. It rounds instead of going all the way down to Elat in the south. It rounds and it goes over to the Wadi of Egypt. Okay. And Ezekiel 48, which is what's coming in the future. When it was designated the land of Canaan and what is prophesied to be in the future. Numbers 34 and Ezekiel 48 is already divided. You've got people saying, well, Trump is trying to divide the land, and so the curse of Joel 3.1 is going to come upon him. The land is already divided. Why? Well, let me read this, and then I'll get into it. For example, the land includes all of what is today called Gaza. Gaza is a part of the land of Canaan, as described in Ezekiel 34, I'm sorry, Exodus 34 and Ezekiel 48. They, the Jewish people, gave up Gaza, okay? So, 
that is not, it's, the land is already divided. Israel gave up Gaza and they failed to annex the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, or to keep the Temple Mount. They could have done all of that when they won in 1967 and they did not do it. Okay, the land is divided. There's nothing that Trump is doing that will harm that in any way, shape or form. As the plan will fail, or even if it doesn't, what Trump has done is to reclaim, not give away land that Israel does not actually possess based on the divisions made in the Oslo Accords and based on the UN demands of 1967 lines. There is no provision for a temple, but according to Daniel 9, there will be a temple. Daniel 9 verse 27 shows that there will be a temple. So does Revelation 11 verses 1 through 3. There will be a temple, but there is no authorization for a temple by Trump. Therefore, this plan is not in any way relevant to the final deal, which will be accepted by both sides. What is becoming apparent, and this is my thoughts on this, I'm not saying this dogmatically, but what is becoming apparent is that Gog Magog, the battle which is prophesied in Ezekiel 38 and 39, will actually occur before, not after the Antichrist pens the deal with Israel, and it will probably occur before the rapture or at the time of the rapture of the church. Because if Trump's plan fails, which it will, it then means that Israel will be in a stronger, not a weaker position than it currently is in. Because if they were in a weaker position, they wouldn't have even what they have now. But if they're in a stronger position and they get a temple authorized and they get some division of the land by the Antichrist, they will actually be in a stronger position than they are right now. That is logical if you think it through. And so that is the story. This is, you know, you've got people on this side saying that uh, Trump is doing the best thing ever for uh, Israel in the history of the universe. And then people on this side saying, no, he's dividing the land. Joel 3, 1, we're going to be cursed as a nation because of it. The land is divided. All that Trump's plan is doing either way, whether it is accepted or not, is getting land back for Israel. That's what's happening right now in this. And they will start annexing and Trump will say nothing about it, especially if he gets another four years in office. So that's the situation. Go read Daniel 9, 27. It'll say that the Antichrist is going to sign this. There's going to be a temple. Revelation 1 through 11, 1 through 3 has them go out and measure the temple. And it says, leave out the outsides. That's less left for the Gentiles, right? So we know that there is the Temple Mount, you've got the uh, the mosque up there, you've got the Dome of the Rock, and on the middle, where there's nothing there right now, is going to be a temple. But that's coming under a different plan at a different time. So that's my analysis on this. There's no need to panic about these things. This is what's going on, and Gog Magog is going to come. They are going to be strengthened by winning that battle, and then will come the peace deal. And it'll be something that people will just be delighted to have, because they just got spanked by Israel. So there you go. From Christian News Today. Just a couple things, because I went way long on Israel news. President Trump on why he attended March for Life rally. Religious liberty is under siege. That's why he did it, because he wants to protect religious liberty. Fox, Juan Williams, on why Trump shouldn't have attended the March for Life rally. He says it divides the country. So it's okay if the left divides the country anytime they want, but if Trump wants to support religious liberty and the unborn, it's divisive. From Fox, Maher, Bill Maher, expresses sympathy to pro-life movement following March for Life. Real-time host Bill Maher, who's a big lefty, expressed some sympathy for the pro-life movement following the March for Life event in Washington, D.C. 
And he says something really stupid here. It's not like the environment where you have to close your mind to the science saying that climate change is real. So he's obviously flipped out on that. But he says, I get it. It's becoming a life, talking about an unborn child. It's not a life yet, which he's wrong about, but it's becoming a life. How does life become a life? It's either a life or it's not life. But he's not thinking clearly, but at least he is supporting Trump's reasoning behind going there, which is a step forward for this guy. I'm somewhat sympathetic to it. The doctor told my mother I shouldn't be born. And so here he is thinking life through. And so we should probably at least one time pray for Bill Maher that he will have his eyes opened to the truth of this issue and stop being such a lefty. Anyway, from Islam Today, from Breitbart, alleged al-Qaeda jihadis caught trying to enter U.S. with fake Colombian passports. I don't know if you heard about this, but they've come into the country with fake passports. American authorities identified and apprehended three Syrian nationals accused of belonging to al-Qaeda in Dallas, Texas, from Colombia. The three are believed to be in U.S. custody, soon to be charged with membership in a terrorist organization. The men appear to have entered Colombia through Venezuela, where they acquired Colombian residency paperwork, a government ID, and a Colombian passport through an illegal documentation network. The arrest follows years of extensive evidence linking Venezuela's socialist dictator Nicolas Maduro to jihadist groups. Though Maduro is more typically accused of being allied with the Shiite terrorist group Hezbollah, not the Sunni group Al-Qaeda. The two terrorist organizations are rivals who occasionally cooperate against the U.S., among the most notable such cooperations is the help that the September 11, 2001 al-Qaeda terrorists received from Hezbollah's master government in Iran to enter the country. So we've got these people forging documents and coming into the nation, but we don't need a border wall. I'll talk about border security in a little while. From Jerusalem Post, Hezbollah-dominated government emerges in Lebanon for the first time since 1990. Hezbollah is taking over Lebanon again. Now, you haven't heard any of this on the regular news service. Why? Because they're worried about other things which are completely unimportant, which I will talk about as well in a little while. For the first time since the departure of Syrian troops from Lebanon in 1990, the latter country has a government in which only Hezbollah and its allies are represented. This is likely to have a significant negative effect on Beirut's efforts to engage international partners and donors in order to alleviate the acute financial crisis facing the country. It will also impact on Israeli strategic planning vis-a-vis Hezbollah. Obviously it will. The new government is the product of escalating popular protests underway since October 15th. The protests are in response to Lebanon's dire economic state. Demonstrators were demanding the formation of a government of technocrats qualified to address the urgent issues facing the country and untainted by contact with Lebanon's enormously corrupt political parties. The new government appears to be an attempt to create the superficial appearance of such an admin. Its 20 ministers were presented by Prime Minister Hassan Diab as specialists, nonpartisan, and without loyalties to this or that political bloc. Few Lebanese are likely to be convinced by this claim. The specialists in question are individuals whose names were put forward by the political parties. The composition of the new government emerged in a process of wrangling and horse trading between these parties. The government that has emerged from this process comprises individuals linked to movements that are a part of only one of the existing power structures, the one associated with Hezbollah and Iran. 
The new admin is being described by Lebanese commentators as a government of one color. Lebanon's first of its kind. The color is that of Hezbollah and Iran's banners. That is very serious, and I haven't seen any other article except that one on this. Al Jazeera. Russia, Turkey emerge political frontrunners in Libya. We've been reporting on it, and there it is right there. Russia and Turkey have formed an alliance to exploit insolvency of the West in the Libyan crisis to pose as sponsors of a future political solution in the North African country. According to a report by French newspaper Le Monde, Libya, a large oil producer, has been engulfed by chaos since 2011 when longtime leader Muammar Gaddafi was killed in an uprising. According to Le Monde, a lack of interest by the United States and power struggles in the European Union due to its reported obsession with migration and armed groups has made it possible for Russia and Turkey to step into Libya. It sounds just like you're reading Ezekiel 38 there. The newspaper also attributed other countries' failure to consistently support the post-Gaddafi transition and the growing activism in the Mediterranean for Turkey and Russia's influence in Libya. Turkish President Erdogan has warned of chaos in Libya unless peace is quickly established. Ankara and Moscow launched a joint call for a ceasefire in Libya from January 12th, which we reported on. The leaders of Turkey and Russia recently cemented ties between the two nations with the launch of Turkstream, an undersea pipeline stretching 578 miles from Anapa on the Russian Black Sea coast to, I can't pronounce the name of that place, west of Istanbul. The pipeline will carry Russian gas for Turkish domestic consumption, while a second leg slated for construction will carry Russian gas to the southeast Europe through Bulgaria, Serbia, and Hungary. Turkstream enables Russia to bypass Ukraine to sell gas to Europe while bolstering Turkey as an important energy transport hub. What is getting in their way? Leviathan and Tamar down in Israel. Right? You wonder what is going to bring these guys against Israel, and it's right there. This is what's going on. All these things going on in the world, and we're hearing about something completely irrelevant, which I'll get to in a minute. Mail online. Donald Trump takes out another terrorist leader. U.S. kills al-Qaeda's chief in Yemen in an airstrike after he repeatedly threatened to attack American soil. Some people are against this. They say that it's uh, not allowed by the Constitution. That's not correct. The Constitution, all it is, is a framework of the government of the United States. And from there, they pass laws. And if something is unconstitutional, the Supreme Court steps in and says this can't be done. They've repeatedly says that this is can be done. This guy has threatened the United States of America, and he's threatened American citizens. And therefore, he is an object of war against the United States of America. And just like Soleimani, we took him out, as we should have. There's nothing unconstitutional about that at all. It is the president's right to defend the citizens. Matter of fact, that's his primary right, is to defend the citizens of the United States of America. Mongolia, from the AP, Mongolia closes border with China. I talked about last week, well, now they've closed the entire border amid coronavirus fears. Mongolia's official news agency says the country's cabinet closed border crossings with China and suspended university classes to prevent the spread of a new viral disease. There are no confirmed cases in Mongolia of the coronavirus cases that first surfaced in the central Chinese city of Wuhan and have now spread to at least a dozen countries. But the Monsame News Agency said the cabinet cited the high risk of the disease spreading across the country's southern border. Okay, borders closed there. We have people coming over our border with passports. Why is that relevant? We'll get to it in a minute. Daniel 12 Technology from the Daily Wire. 
British scientists may have found a cure for cancer. By accident, researchers at Cardiff University were analyzing blood from a bank in Wales, looking for, not Wales in the ocean, Wales, the part of England. Okay, yes. Um, looking for immune cells that could fight bacteria when they found an entirely new type of T cell. That new immune cell carries a never-before-seen receptor which acts like a grappling hook latching on to most human cancers while ignoring healthy cells. What makes this new discovery so exciting is that prior therapies referred to as CRT and TCRT therapies, which use immune cells to attack HLA molecules on cancer cell surface, fight cancer but are incapable of fighting solid tumors. The new therapy attaches to a molecule called MR1, which does not vary in humans, which gives it the chance of fighting most cancers and additionally means people could share the treatment, allowing banks of the cells to be stored and thus be offered quickly to people suffering from the disease. Immune cells from the new treatment have killed lung, skin, blood, colon, breast, bone, prostate, ovarian, kidney, and cervical cancer cells. It's done all of those. The study concluded, in summary, we describe a TCR that exhibits pan-cancer, meaning over-cancer recognition via the variant MR1 molecule, and by equipping patients with melanoma T cells that lack detectable cancer reactivity with the MC7G5 TCR, whatever all that is, we rendered the T cells capable of killing autologous melanoma. Professor Andrew Sewell, lead author on the study, enthused, this was a serendipitous finding. Nobody knew this cell existed. Our finding raises the prospect of a one-size-fits-all cancer treatment, a single type of T-cell that could be capable of destroying many different types of cancers across the population. That's good news there. I got to tell you, I'm very happy, and I'll follow that for you. From Forbes, Clearview AI, I talked about them last week, did a long article on they have everybody's face and you can walk down the road and tell who anybody in the world is. Clearview AI's databases amassed 3 billion photos. This is how if you want yours deleted, you have to opt out. So if you want to opt out of this, which you can do, here's how you do it. Explaining how you need to email privacy requests at Clearview AI to request your images be removed. It reads, please submit name a headshot, and a photo of a government-issued ID to facilitate the processing of your request. So they get more of your information. I, I don't think I'd be doing that at all. I'd just let them have my photos and unbelievable. All right, Revelation Plagues. CNN. First fires, then floods. Now Australians need to watch out for deadly funnel web spiders, experts say. Funnel web spiders are potentially one of the most dangerous spiders on the planet in terms of a bite towards humans, and we have to treat it very seriously. So they have this problem because of the conditions after the, the uh, fires. They have the uh, spiders coming out and then the floods, and they need to get up to somewhere. And so they're coming after people like that movie back in the 50s, B-rated movie, The Spider, that went and... Do you know that that was uh, Clint Eastwood's first appearance? Anybody remember that? The tarantula? It was called... The, he was... He was in there for about 
two seconds. He was in a fighter jet, and he went something like, I'm going in now or something. I'm going to blow him up. And that was his first appearance was on the tarantula. So if you want to see all of Clint Eastwood's history, go back and I'm certain of that. Now, I said that, and I could be wrong, but I am certain of that. That's one of those squiggles I got years ago. So there you go. But you can see him, and you can recognize he's a really young guy. Okay, from uh, uh, just the statistics, I've checked them every single day this week. I've been getting to a point with all of these things. Here it is. Current verified coronavirus statistics. 305 dead. 14,631 cases in the whole world. The U.S. has eight cases, okay? One has died outside of China. That was in the Philippines. 305 dead. 14,631 cases in the whole world. Flu. Flu. 8,200 dead, 140,000 in the hospital, 15 million cases in the United States alone. Why do you think this is happening, folks? We have the Dow, which is now plummeting, which is what the globalists want because Trump is doing great things. So they want this news out there so that it, they admit that it is this reporting on this bogus virus, which is causing the Dow to go down 600 points. That's the first thing. There's an impeachment going on, which the right is blowing the left out of the water, and they don't want that reported on. So they've got every article that you see is coronavirus, coronavirus. And then, of course, you get the sensationalists out there that make stuff up so that they can sell stuff, too. And they, that's all you see out there is crazy stuff about this coronavirus. Then, what did he sign this past week? The USMCA, which replaced NAFTA. People are angry at him because there's still people that are you know, making a lot of money off of it. So what? It's 10,000 times better than what we had with the previous agreement. And he can't do an agreement where it's going to be completely fair at this time because the left would never have allowed it. So he's done great things there. They don't want that reported on. So they make up this bogus thing about coronavirus. Next, the economy is booming. We've got all kinds of hints on it that Trump is going to win this election, but they don't want him to. So they're trying to destroy the economy and destroy the Dow so that he is shut out. This is a globalist agenda. This isn't, you know, a guess. This is obvious. This is the nose on your face when you look at the statistics. And finally, we have this wave of approval. We were talking about the New Jersey um, uh, rally that he had. 100,000 people signed up for it in New Jersey. And how many converted to Republican that night? It was about several thousand. Several thousand people just said, we're going to the Republican Party right there at the rally that night. So in New Jersey, Jersey, of all places where he's from and he has to apologize for, well, you might not have to anymore. So there you go. These are the things that are going on and they don't want these things out in the news. So they're burying it with this bogus thing about the coronavirus. One person outside of, and it was a Chinese in the Philippines that died. One person outside of China's died, and they've made up all of these things. There's hundreds of thousands of people dying in China. They've got drones which are flying over, and they're reporting on people. That isn't even true. That's just a little shot of somebody making a home video, and they put it out there, and somebody goes with it. Don't believe what you're seeing. Don't believe it. They're trying to destroy a president, which they weren't able to do in the impeachment process, and they're going to try to do it some other way coronavirus. But superior word commentary. If nothing else, the coronavirus outbreak is the single largest argument to date as to why there should not be open borders, right? Right. Those countries that have both the right and the responsibility to restrict access to those who are not a part of their nation, as is obvious by this next statement. Al-Arabiya, World Health Organization says countries should keep borders open despite coronavirus. They know this is bogus. 
they know it's bogus, but they want people to keep having open borders. And so what do they say? Borders should be kept open and people and trade flowing in the face of the coronavirus outbreak. Although countries have a sovereign right to take measures to try to protect their citizens, the World Health Organization said there is a huge reason to keep official border crossings open to avoid people entering irregularly and going unchecked for symptoms, the WHO spokesman told a Geneva briefing. So they want it both ways. Open borders for everybody. You can plow across, but at the same time, you see what's going on in the world here? We've got Colombians coming over the border. You've got the coronavirus. You've got this. You've got that. There's no control because there is a man named Donald Trump, which is sitting up in the White House of the United States of America, who does not fit their agenda. The Pope Francis doesn't like him. The globalists don't like him. And they're doing everything they can to get people to do one thing while they say there's another thing going on. Got it? Okay, morality today. From the Washington Times, Virginia Senate passes a bill to let transgender people get a new birth certificate. The Senate passed a bill that would allow a person who changed their sex to have a new birth certificate issued something that the transgender community said will help eliminate problems experienced when their legal identification doesn't match their transition. Why change a birth certificate when they can just have a certificate that says they changed their sex, right? You see, what there, this is another agenda which is going on here. There's not a specific standard approach for an individual's transition. Treatment could include any or all of the following, okay? This is what they will allow a new birth certificate for, counseling. I got counseling on transgenderism, and so I get a new birth certificate. That's all they need, counseling. Or you can go hormone therapy, sex reassignment surgery, or a patient-specific approach from the medical provider, okay? I'll tell you something. I had a Bugatti once had it in my house, okay? It was a VW, VW chassis, and it was a Bugatti on the top. It was a two-seater, and everybody loved it. It was the coolest thing in the world. I'd take my kids around. They thought they were the cat's meow, right? The wheels were spinning free out, you know, the axles out. It was so cool, okay? But guess what it said on the title? Volkswagen. Volkswagen. You don't change a car just because you put a new top on it. That was a great car, by the way. Anyway, from the Inquirer. I learned eventually, I had all kinds, you know, for years I had antiques and I had, and finally I thought, I just, I'm going to enjoy other people's antiques because I was always laying under them in the heat, fixing them or whatever. I was worried about somebody banging into it. You know, don't you? It's a lot of work. I gave up the last old car I had was my VW bus with the Jesus all around it. Okay. The wrap and him being raised on the cross. And I had that. And uh, one day the, uh, the uh, starter went bad. So I was under it in the heat on the shell driveway and there were mosquitoes biting me and I replaced the starter. And I remember saying to myself, I'm done. And so I was going downtown and I got to Ringling. Now Ringling's a long way before 12th Street, isn't it? The clutch cable broke. <laughs> and I drove from Ringling to 12th Street and into the VW place without any clutch. I just was able to manage it. Okay. And I pulled up and I handed the keys to the guy named Fran and I said, here you go. And I left. There you go. I, I was done with old cars. Yes. From the Inquirer, LGBTQ LMNOP education is now mandatory in New Jersey schools. There you go. New Jersey. Here's how teachers are preparing. 
Governor Phil Murphy signed a law last year requiring New Jersey public schools to include LGBTQ-related instruction and lesson plans for middle and high schoolers statewide. I reported on this earlier. Now it is in effect. The mandate takes effect statewide for the 2020-21 school year. Garden State Equality, an advocacy group that pushed for the mandate, developed a model curriculum and selected districts to launch the first phase of the program. And started training teachers this month on how to promote inclusion across all subjects. So this is their priority in schools now is teaching that. From the LA Times, Trump administration moves against California on abortion coverage by health plans. The Trump admin warned California that it must stop requiring health insurance plans in the state to provide abortion coverage or risk losing federal money. Okay, if California wants to provide abortion services, it can do so says Roger Severino, who directs the Office for Civil Rights in the DHHS. What the state is not free to do is to force people to pay for other people's abortions. California has 30 days to repeal its abortion mandate, Severino said. There you go. From the USA Today, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signs a bill allowing adoption agencies to deny gay couples. What a great move he made. From, yes, from Zero Hedge, Yale cancels, you probably read about this, if not, it's just one of those toss-in things at the end of morality, Yale cancels prestigious art history course for being too white. Yes, <laughs> yes, introduction to art history, Renaissance to the Present was once touted to be one of Yale College's quintessential classes, but... This change is the latest response to student uneasiness over an idealized Western canon, a product of an overwhelmingly white, straight, European, and male cadre of artists. So no more art history at Yale. Our other category, Epic Times. Air Force needs more money, stealth, and drones, says a report. The Air Force which gets billions and billions and billions and zillions of dollars every year, needs more money. Here it says, burdened by old, maintenance-heavy Cold War airplanes, the Air Force needs a cash bump to meet its obligations to the national defense strategy. Let me say that again, burdened by old, maintenance-heavy Cold War planes. Oh, yeah? To achieve this, it needs more stealth aircraft, more drones, and to be able to hunker down in better protected allied air bases. It also needs to pack next-generation weapons, such as Hypersonic missiles along with incorporating technology that allows the military to integrate and function as a whole team. As if it hasn't been doing that since I was there in the 80s. Okay, why are they putting this out? We'll get to it in a second. Creating a more range-balanced, survivable, and lethal force will require a commitment by DOD and the Congress to significantly increase Air Force's annual budget, says a report. Why do they need to do that? Washington Post, Trump planning to divert an additional $7.2 billion in Pentagon funds for a border wall. And they don't want that to happen. So they're saying our Air Force is outmoded, it's outdated, and we don't have enough of this and that. It's completely untrue. It's completely untrue. But he got the approval, the courts, it went through the courts, they challenged it, they stopped the funding, and finally they said he has every right to do this. And so now he's going to do $7.2 billion instead of $2.1 billion, and they don't like it. Listen, I was in the Air Force, and this happens every single year. At the end of the year, on the last day of the year, they have, I can't remember the term they use, but you get a budget, and if you go less than that, one penny less, you get one penny less the next year. If you don't spend every bit of that money, you get less, whatever less you spend. So on the last day of the year, every single year, 
We would have to go over there and we would go on a shopping spree. And if you had $180,000 in your little organization, you'd have to go buy $180,000 worth of junk because if not, they take it away next year. And if you have a big organization that spends $80 billion and they have $800 million left on the last day, they go out and buy $800 million worth of junk, whatever they can buy so that that budget doesn't go down. I don't remember the term that they use, but there's a term. What? Yeah, stupidity. That's the name of the budget. But this is what happens every year. This isn't something that just, this is every year. They would go out and the general's office would have a new budget. And so what did they do? They take these rosewood furniture, a year old, handmade in China or, or Japan, the most beautiful furniture, and they just toss it into the dumpster. Couldn't give it away. It's government property. And it would be worth tens of thousands of dollars right in the dumpster and they'd order more and it would come in in three weeks and it would be all shiny and new for another year until they'd throw it away next year. They don't need that money. I can absolutely assure you of that, okay? Trump is doing the right thing and people are being sent down different paths to not see it. From WSCT, bill to only allow one balloon released per hour in Virginia passes the Senate. Yes, you can only release one balloon an hour or you can get arrested. Yes, SB 318 reduces the number of balloons per hour that a person may release without penalty from 49 to one. Any person who violates the bill could be fined $5 per balloon released above the allowable limit, which is one. So if you do 10, you get 50 bucks, you know. Okay. Um, Kiggins said, we don't litter on the ground, so why should we litter in the air? While speaking on the Senate floor when Senator Bill Stanley, obviously a Republican, walked in with a red balloon, the bill passed the Senate 25 to 15, 25 knuckleheads in Virginia. Nationwide, there's a growing awareness of the problem. And it has energized legislation in several governments. They're all liberal, I guarantee you. I got to tell you something right now. Hamas would go broke if that fine extended to them, wouldn't it? Right? And I have been thinking, how am I going to do this? I'm going to develop a machine that automatically blows up a balloon that sends it up into the air, ties it off and sends it up into the air, and it'll do it once every hour on the hour. And I'm going to sell them to Virginians so that they can have 24 <laughs> balloons a day without being bothered with it, okay? I think that's the best idea in the world. Okay, talk about releasing balloons. Next article, NBC. U.S. to impose visa restrictions for pregnant women. The rules would make it more difficult for pregnant women to travel on tourist visas. Good job, President Trump. In one draft of the regulations, they would have to clear an additional hurdle before obtaining the visas, convincing a consular office that they have another legitimate reason to come into the United States. Because if they don't, no more anchor babies here. No more. Good job, President Trump. That will be challenged two seconds after it comes out, correct? Okay, Fox. Supreme Court allows Trump administration to enforce public charge immigration restriction. You may have seen this. At issue is the admin's rule that would restrict immigrants entering the United States if the government believes they will rely on public assistance, such as housing or health care benefits. You can't afford to pay your way, then you can't come in. That only makes sense. Lower federal courts had blocked the policy from being implemented while the issue was being litigated. CNN, climate refugees can, this is one of the most important articles I'm going to read to you this year. I guarantee it. Climate refugees cannot be sent back home, the UN rules in a landmark decision. Refugees fleeing the effects of the climate crisis cannot be forced to return home by their adoptive countries, a UN panel has ruled. In a landmark decision that could open the door to a flood of legal claims by displaced people around the world. 
Without robust national and international efforts, the effects of climate change in receiving states may expose individuals to a violation of their rights, the ruling says. Well, who determines what violation is on climate change and who is affected by it? Here, next article. Reuters, world needs to prepare for millions of climate displaced, says the UN. They passed a law saying you can't send people back if they're harmed by climate change. And now they're saying that you have to prepare for millions of people. The world needs to prepare for millions of people being driven from their homes by the impact of climate change, the UNHCR said. The ruling says if you have an immediate threat to your life due to climate change, due to the climate emergency, and if you cross the border and go into another country, you should not be sent back because you would be at risk of your life just like in war or in a situation of persecution. So, so global weather change is specific to certain to countries. To certain countries, that's right. Countries. That's exactly right. It's just, I'm telling you, there is an agenda out there, and who is the one person that's standing against it right now? It's the guy up in Washington, D.C., who's doing the right things, and he's taking this nonsense and putting an end to it. But this is what's, that is right there, one of the most important articles you're going to hear read this year. They say that they are climate emergency people and you can't send it back and you got millions of them come on what do you do from the la times by turning back caravans this is the la times by turning back caravans mexico is acting as trump's border wall he said you're going to pay for it and they are paying for it in other words mexico is actually paying for the wall and the deal trump pulled off is the reason illegal immigration has precipitously dropped in the past several months. People think I'm against immigration. I have to qualify this every time. I'm not. I got friends that want to come here. I'm trying to get them here. I don't care who comes here as long as they do it legally. Just follow the procedures. Okay, from Epic Times, Trump signs USMCA trade deal to end NAFTA nightmare and major policy victory. I talked about it a minute ago. Thank the Lord for that. People are upset about it. It's not going far enough. Hey. If he went any farther, nothing would have happened. But he did the right thing, and he has done something good for the United States of America. Yes, he keeps doing it. Epic Times. UK lawmakers leave European Parliament for the last time. That was on 129. Praise the Lord. And then Times of Israel. Johnson hails new dawn as Britain bids farewell to the European Union. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that? I am so proud of England right now. I'm so proud of them for what they did. They took a stand against this globalist thing that's going on. I got a lesser care for you. Let's see if you can figure out which one we were talking about. Seems Virginia is fraught with despair because of round things that float in the air. <laughs> See, they think that it's fine to approach the divine. Only one sphere per hour is fair. <laughs> That's, That's very well done. I think that was a less only, and it was very well done. Okay, I got a couple of ironies for you, and we'll be done. This is entitled Crazy Kentucky Chicks with Dogs. Yes, in one week, we have two of them. From Fox, Fatal Kentucky Pitbull attack on Pug Lane, isn't that ironic, oh, leads funny. to woman's arrest for murder. Okay, there you go. That's a little ironic. She's a crazy Kentucky chick with a dog. Okay, the next one, Mail Online. Kentucky woman, 40, is busted trying to use dog urine to pass a drugs test after getting high on meth and painkillers. Yes, crazy Kentucky chicks with dogs. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.